So let me ask you a question. Are you an extrovert or an introvert? Yeah, yeah, I know. You've probably been asked that a hundred times because that's a popular question in our culture. Think about it. Are you extroverted or are you introverted? Typically, introverts tend to enjoy more time to themselves and are very aware of their internal thoughts and they recharge more in solitude. But extroverts, they can be just the opposite. Extroverts are often more outspoken, outgoing, and absolutely love being around other people. Now, my wife and I have a, a, an amazing relationship, and it's funny because in a lot of ways, we are very different. When I met my wife, Rachel, she was an extrovert, and I was an introvert. It's interesting because it can change over time. So this year, we'll have been married seven years in August, and I have become uh, maybe just a little more extroverted, and she has become a little more introverted. But here's the thing. Both personalities involve how you handle relationships with people. And in today's episode, I want to talk about what it means to be a good friend and what it means to have healthy relationships with others. Uh, a couple weeks ago on the Noteworthy Podcast, we talked about relationship with God and how all healthy relationships come from a relationship with God. But what does it mean to have a practical, healthy relationship with your friends, with your parents, with your brothers and sisters, your classmates, your co-workers? In order to do that, we can apply the Bible to our lives. If you want to be a better friend and you want to be there for the people in your life, this episode is for you. Guys, thank you for tuning into the Noteworthy Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan French, and I'm very honored to get to spend time with you today. It's going to be a great episode. Let's go. to be asked, isn't it? I'm a student pastor here in Jonesboro, Georgia, and I asked my youth class this question last week. Are you a good friend? Nobody wants to be asked that, but it's a good question, isn't it? Don't you want to be a good friend? Doesn't the Bible teach us to be a friend? Don't we have a friend in Jesus? Didn't his life literally teach us what it means to be a friend? Did you know that God created your personality? What is personality? Well, I'm glad you asked. It is our unique set of personal traits and preferences. It's how we react to things. It's how we do things. It's how we relate to people and how we prefer to live. Personality is who we really are and what we're really like. It's our 
personal uniqueness. Look across your life. Think about the people that you know. Some people are funny and some are serious. Some people live in crowds and they love being around people and some prefer to be alone reading a good book. Some like sports and some prefer video games. Some are fearful and won't ride a roller coaster and some of you would jump out of a plane right now if you had the chance for a thrill. Some of you are outgoing and speak to your friends but you don't know how to communicate with a visitor that you don't know well. Good news. Hear me. There's good news. Update. There is nothing wrong with you. That's right. You heard me right. There's nothing wrong with you. God made you that way for a purpose. He made your personality. And he can and will work with your personality to help you be a better friend to be the friend that he's called you to be, to be the witness that he has called you to be and lead people to Christ with your personality, with your sense of humor, with your timidness, with your shyness. That's right. God wants to use you like you are. You can't be me and I can't be you. Learning to identify your personality will serve you well in your endeavor to be a godly friend and have healthy relationships with others. In episode 89, if you haven't listened to that, you can go back and listen to it. It's the episode right before this. We talked about the most important relationship in your life. And in this part of the series, I told you that uh, I found a picture of love and I explained to you that it was a picture of the cross and how the cross is the ultimate picture of what love looks like. John 15 and 13 is such a beautiful depiction of godly friendship. It says, greater love has no man than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. This is the new King James Version that I'm reading. Of course, a beautiful depiction of Jesus' love for us on the cross. But did you know that the cross can teach us a lot about relationships? What does it mean to be a Christian? Notice with me, in order to make a cross, there must be two beams. One beam is vertical, and the other is horizontal. What do these beams look like? Well, we can find the answer in Mark chapter 12 and verse 29 when it says, Jesus answered him and he said, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Notice with me the clarity and the simplicity of that statement. There is no commandment greater than these. Wow. Think about that for a second. 
There's Ten Commandments that we can refer to in the Old Testament, but could it really be this simple? Love God and love people. There is no other commandment greater than these. Verses 29 and 30 refers to the vertical beam, the beam in which all other relationships are hung on, which is what we talked about last week. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. This is the vertical side of the cross. Everything hangs on that. All healthy relationships flow from a healthy vertical relationship. All horizontal relationships are dependent on that vertical beam. But verse 31 is the horizontal beam where it says, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. It all comes down to this, people. Love God and love people. My youth group laughed at me last night because I said, You know, one of the commandments is thou shalt not kill. But if all you do is not a murder, that doesn't make you a good Christian. There's a lot more to being a good Christian than just not murdering people. <laughs> to betray the love of Jesus, you have to love God and people. And I know you're saying, Nathan, sometimes people are hard to love. I know. I know. I know it's hard. But God has called you to love people. To betray the love of Jesus on Calvary, you must love God and you must love his people. You can't reach outward if you never reach upward. But reaching upward will always push you to reach outward. When you have a relationship with Jesus, it's easier to be his hands and his feet. And the more you love Jesus, the more you love his people. I like how Matthew uh, was translated, Matthew 22 and 40. It says, on these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets. I like how it says that because... If any prophet, if any preacher, if anybody is teaching different than this, then you know that they are not of God. If a man of God is not reaching people with love, if they are not loving their neighbor as themselves, then you have to hang all the commandments on that. Everything hangs on these two beams. So if you're listening to this podcast and you may not know me personally. I'm, I'm so humbled and blown away by all the people that I meet that I don't know personally uh, during my travels, but they listen to the show. And it, it blows my mind how God is using this platform to reach people. But if you don't know me personally, I am a oneness Pentecostal. Now, if you don't know what that means, it means that uh, I believe that the plan of salvation is that you have to repent, you have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you have to be born of the Spirit. You have to be born of the water and the Spirit. And so we believe that uh, when you are born of the Spirit, that the Bible teaches us 
in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, in multiple places in the New Testament, that we speak in tongues, we speak in a heavenly language, and this is how we know that we have been born again. We're born of the water and born of the Spirit. Jesus told Nicodemus that you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven unless you're born of the water and the Spirit. And so to be a oneness apostolic means we believe in one God and that one God is Jesus. We believe that Jesus is the Father. We believe that Jesus is the Son. We believe that Jesus is the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, somebody somebody asked me one time, they said, so you're one of those you're one of those Jesus name baptism people, aren't you? I said, no, no, I'm I'm not just Jesus name baptism. I'm I'm Jesus name everything. I sing in the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus. Uh, I I believe for healing in the name of Jesus. We do everything in the name of Jesus around here. So if you want to know more about that, you can email me at Nathan and Rachel Music at gmail dot com, and I'd be happy to have a conversation with you about that. But I say all that for this, for all of you one God apostolics that are listening, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. We are a one God people. We teach in the apostolic church that there's only one God, and this is the first commandment. So we're very big on this. We get excited about this. My father, Talmadge French, who is my hero, he is my pastor, he wrote a book in 1999 called Our God is One, sold over 100,000 copies, spreading the gospel about the oneness of God. My father was raised a Trinitarian, and he got the revelation of full truth when he was just a young man, and so my family has been so blessed to have been raised in this glorious truth, and I'm so incredibly thankful for that. That is my testimony. But here's something that the apostolic church needs to remember. Okay, we we love doctrine. Okay, if you come to a an apostolic church and they start quoting Deuteronomy 6:4, "Hear O Israel," right? The Lord our God is one Lord, and there's only one way to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Everybody's going to start clapping, they're going to start shouting, they're going to start dancing, they're going to get excited cuz we love us some doctrine. We love, it's not doctrine. If you get, if you get preached, you have to say, we love sound doctrine, right? We love it. We love sound doctrine. And here's the thing though. We're really good at, at one God. We're really good at Jesus name baptism. We're really good at repentance. We're, we're really good at, 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 at praying people through the Holy Ghost. But here's something we need to remember. Loving your neighbor as yourself is also doctrinal. And anything that is doctrinal is never optional. Well, my, 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 you didn't know you were going to hear a sermon today. I didn't know I was going to be preaching today. But I'm telling you, it is a commandment. Jesus said, there is no greater commandment than these two, that there's one God and that we have to love people. I heard somebody say one time, and he was joking. He said, I love God, but sometimes I hate people. Of course, I knew that they were joking. They didn't mean any harm by it. But the funny thing is, in reality, we actually see this happen too often. Sometimes ministers can get so caught up in working for God that they forget that working for God really means serving people. Being of service 
to others is what it means to be called to the ministry. And so we know that Jesus instructed us. He told us. He told us. He taught us how to be a good friend. But he also taught us how to serve others. I, if you're the kind of person that takes notes, I, I want you to write this down because uh, we, we're, we're trying to answer the question and, and expound upon the fact. Are you a good friend? Are you applying what it means to be a friend to the people that God has placed in your circle and in your life. You know, we've done a whole episode about this. It's called The Shadow of Peter, where we talk about ministering in your circle, growing where you're planted, ministering where God is using you. But I just want to remind you that there are people in your life that can only be reached by you. God placed you in their lives to reach them. That should be a burden on you. That should be an awesome responsibility that you remember every time you open your mouth and speak a word to them. If you take notes, I want you to write this down. Okay, here we go. Loving and serving others and being a good friend can never be predicated by how others treat you. Whoa, that's a tough one. What does that mean? Well, let's break it down just a little bit. Have you ever tried to love someone who didn't make it easy? <laughs> oh, man. Some people are just hard to love. Let's be honest. One-sided relationships are hard. However, Jesus taught us something. He taught us to give love even when love isn't being given to us. Jesus still served people even if they never served him. In the book of John, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. This was tradition for this culture and was a very humbling gesture. Often people would travel in sandals and their feet would be filthy from the dusty roads that they had been walking down for days at a time. And Jesus washed all of their feet. Of course, you might know the story where Jesus goes up to Peter. In case you're wondering, Peter was the extrovert of the disciples. He was always extra. He always had something to say. And I think that's one of the reasons why God used him in such an extraordinary way. But Jesus says, hey, 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 Peter, I need to wash your feet. And Peter says, uh, my teacher, my master, I'm not worthy that you would wash my feet. And Jesus says, you need to let me wash your feet or you have no part in me. And so Peter, being the extrovert, the extra that he always was, he said, if that's the case, wash my head and my hands and my face as well. If it wash that is also Jesus. And and, and Jesus says, no, I'm just, I need to wash your feet. I'm trying to teach you a lesson here. Can you imagine the scene? Can you close your eyes and try to picture it? If you're driving, don't do that. You can picture it later. <laughs> Andrew, come here. Peter, James, John, Philip, Nathaniel, Matthew, Thomas, James, Simon, and Judas. Judas 
Come here. I need to wash your feet. Can you imagine seeing Jesus look at the disciples with loving eyes and saying, Judas, come here, friend. Let me serve you. Bring me a towel. Let me clean this man's feet. Wait a minute. Isn't Jesus all-knowing? Isn't he all-powerful? Doesn't he know the past, the beginning, the end, the future, everything? Isn't he everywhere at all times? Of course he is. Doesn't Jesus know that Judas is going to betray him for 30 pieces of silver? Yes, he knew. But he still washed his feet. Because loving and serving others cannot be predicated by how others love and serve you. Kindness is a commandment. It is a part of our doctrine, just as it was compared to Jesus by the command that there is only one God. That's how important loving thy neighbor is to our Lord Jesus Christ. And so Jesus tells them in John 13 and 14, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. My God, what a lesson, what a teacher, what a master, that if I, your teacher, and your Lord wash your feet, I'm telling you that this is what you need to do to one another. And he said, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Jesus doesn't ask us to do anything for each other that he hasn't already done for us. Jesus didn't ask us to pray without praying. He prayed. Jesus didn't ask us to lay down our lives so that we can find it without laying down his life first. Jesus didn't ask us to fast without fasting first. And he said, I've given you an example. Jesus led by example. You want to be a good friend? Lead by example. Serve them even when they don't serve you. Love them even when it doesn't feel like they love you. Send that text message and check on them, even if they haven't checked on you in a while. What does it mean to be a good friend? Well, it means we have to be a little bit more like Jesus. My friend Mark Brown, he's, he's been on the podcast before. He mentioned this. He lives by this mantra um, that he learned from Jim Sleva. And that mantra is this, exposure breeds a burden. The basic concept of this statement is that a burden for people will be borne by spending time with people. It's simple, but it's powerful. The more time you spend with people, the more you will love people. Just like the more time you spend around the things of God, the more you will have a burden for the things of God. Church would not bore you if you had a burden. 
a lot of Christians would be a lot less bored if they would just pick up a burden. Burdens are not easy to carry, but if no one carried a burden, nothing would move forward. You want to be a good friend? Hey, you, are you a good friend? Not an easy question. If you want to be a good friend, make time for people. Don't always be too busy for people. Go to dinner with people. Take time after church. Take time during the week. Make that phone call. Send that text message. Listen, the culture has made it easier than ever to reach out and make sure you take time to do that. Have you ever heard this statement? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It's simple, isn't it? But this thinking changed my life and maybe it can change yours too. The greatest way to be a friend is to just let them know that you care. You cannot minister to someone that you don't care about. My, 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 I'm going to say that again. You cannot minister to somebody that you don't care about and you cannot be a good friend to others if you don't love others. Hey, you, since I'm standing behind a mic and you're not in front of me, I'm going to say this. And I would like to think I'd have the courage to say it if you were in front of me as well. But stop thinking about yourself so much. Self-love is not the epitome of what it means to be happy. Loving others is God's plan to be happy and make a difference in this world. Stop trying to impress people. People don't care how much you know. They don't care how smart you are. They just want to know how much you care. Be present in people's lives. Be a good friend. All right, let me bring this in for a landing. Have you ever heard the expression, you just had to be there? We use this expression humorously, but... You know you've been there, right? You're there, and, and there's three of you, three of three friends there, and your two friends are laughing, you know? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And they're just cracking. Oh, that's so funny. And you awkwardly walk in, and you're kind of like fake laughing. <laughs> right, right. And they look at you because... It awkwardly because they know you have no idea what's funny but you're kind of trying <laughs> you're kind of trying to pretend like you know and and you're going back right right and then they look at you and you're like uh nathan you just had to be there and you're like awkward we've all been there it's okay but you know what there is some truth to that statement. Sometimes the best way to be a good friend is simply by just being there. Do you want to be a good friend? Weddings, funerals, birthday parties, graduations. Just be there. This is how we show the love of God. We have to be there in times of loss, be there in times of gain, be there in times of weeping, be there in times of rejoicing. We just have to be there 
for people. This is how we show the love of God. And a burden can only be found for people when you're willing to get in the trenches with them. Be with them when they cry and let them cry on your shoulder. Laugh with them. Cry with them. Take adventures with them. Take chances with them. Believe in them. Speak life and encouragement into them because there's going to be a time where you need somebody to encourage you and you're going to wish you had a friend. But the amount of friends that you have will be determined by the kind of friend that you have been so far. I'm closing with this and and I want to pray over you. Um, You know, we cannot say that we love people if we don't love God. And we cannot say, we cannot truly say that we love God if we don't love people. We find this in John chapter 13 and verse 35. It says, by this all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for Jesus... No, no, that's important. That's the, we, we've got to love God, right? But no, it says they're going to know you're his disciples by your love for one another. Are you a good friend? Do people know that you're a disciple? Do people know that you're a Christian based on how you treat others? If people don't know that you attend your local church, would they know you're a Christian at your job or at the Starbucks drive-thru? Are you a good friend? Would you pray with me? Lord, I pray for each listener right now that you would bless them and that you would be with them as they continue throughout their day today. Lord, we come before you on this day to specially pray that you would help us to be the friends that you've called us to be, that you would help us to reach out and love our neighbor like we love ourselves. God, I pray that you would help us to carve out time for people. God, I pray that you would give us a burden for people. God, help us to be present and be there for people during times of gain and during times of loss. God, I pray that you would bless each listener. God, I pray that they would be encouraged. Lord, in Jesus' name, would you encourage somebody right now? Let them know that everything is going to be okay. Let them feel empowered to go into this day. Lord, maybe there is somebody that's listening right now and they feel convicted because they feel like, man, I haven't been that kind of friend. Lord, remind them that they can start today, that they can make the necessary changes today and be the friend that you have called them to be. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Romans 12.10, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. What a beautiful scripture to end this topic. Guys, I'm so thrilled, privileged, honored to be a part of your day today. Thank you for tuning into the Noteworthy Podcast. We have an exciting future, an exciting year. I have some exciting interviews that I'm getting lined up for you right now. I love each and every one of you, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Be safe. God bless.